Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. Hello and welcome to another episode of An Irishman Running Abroad with me, Jarlath Regan and Sonia O'Sullivan. Our chosen charity partner, as always, is Jigsaw.ie. If you want to support me in the Irishman Running Abroad Challenge, we're heading towards event number three. Sonia, we have to actually pick out a third event. Have you any ideas for uh, a kind of late November or early December event that might be suitable for all of our runners to take part in virtually? Right. Wow. Let me think. I know I threw that to you. I always see people doing the Santa runs in December and they always look like great crap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a a few Santa runs around the place. We can we can research one of those. Yeah, maybe. Hey, let's throw it out to the listeners anyway. Today is uh, Monday, the 23rd of November, as we record this at nine in the morning. Mikey's gone off to school his 10th birthday (laughs) today. So we'll throw the net out to you guys. Make a suggestion in the Strava group, strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman running abroad for our next event, the third event in in the challenge. This week is a big week for uh, Irishman Abroad podcast because we launched our our fourth kind of spin-off show, a monthly show called Selection Box, in case you missed it, which is designed to filter out a lot of the nonsense and crap that's out there in terms of content. And with the help of our experts, including Tom Dunn, Owen Doherty, Rory Cashin, Ethna Shortall and Una Ming Kavna, we will point you in the direction of what you should be watching, listening to, reading and consuming. And it's kind of in keeping with what we're going to talk about here today, Sonia, because there is so much over information about what you should and you shouldn't do in relation to your running practice, whatever level you might be at. But there are a few small things that each individual will find make a big difference. Performance enhancers, if you will, legal performance enhancers. And what we're interested in talking about today is from your perspective, Sonia, what were the ones that have made the difference to you over the years? And then I'm going to sling a few ideas at you from the suggestions that we've received in the group. Do you remember the first time, though, Sonia, that you stumbled across something where you're like, hey, that that's a that's a game changer. That's tiny. But that is a marginal gain that changes things for me. I think, you know, of course, these things change over time as well, because there's always new things coming out. But I kind of often latch on to something and then stick with that for a long time. And Mm. some things stick with me forever. I mean, the one thing that has always stuck with me is, you know, the same kind of warm up that I do all the time. So it's like, you know, then once you enter that kind of warm up zone, then you're focused and you're kind of brought into where you're going, you know, mm. when you're really preparing for a race or a big session. Yeah. So for me, it's all 
it's always like this easy jog and then four strides. And it's something that I learned in college in America. Like, I don't, I, I don't even know what I used to do for a warm up when I was at home in Cove, you know, when I was in school still. I really can't remember what we used to do. But, you know, it's like this drill that we were taught at Villanova. So you go for your 15 minute jog and then you come back and you do four strides. And now over time and and even now, you know, when I'm just training at a kind of a fun level and, you know, for fitness and everything else, I've been adding in little drills and things to kind of add to this because I kind of think, oh, yeah, that just kind of gets me a little bit more mobilized, a bit mm. more, you know, ready to for a bigger effort or to try a bit harder, even yeah. though it's nowhere near as hard as I used to do. But it's just these little things that you add to your routine. And I suppose one of the things that the other thing I've always stuck to is always putting my gear out the night before. Okay. So I'm a regular weather checker. So check what's the weather going to be like tomorrow. Then take out the appropriate gear. And it's like one of those things that it just means that there's nothing going to kind of stop you in the morning. Yeah, no you know, barriers. You're not going to look yeah. out the window and see the rain and think, uh, no, but if you're prepared for it and you've got your jacket and your cap ready, then you're mentally ready to, you know, head out in the morning and you just put on your gear and you go. Yeah, well, those two are those two are excellent starting points, right? Because even if people don't observe the warm up routine that you're saying there of uh, jog 15, four strides, meaning four 100 meter kind of 75% effort. Is that what you mean by a stride there, just for those that don't know? Yeah, but you start going a bit, you graduate, you start off, you do one stride and then the second one you go a little faster and the third mm. one you might go a little faster. So, yeah, it's just gradually picking up the pace and getting yourself ready to, to run a little bit faster. What really interests me there is not even the specifics of the warm-up, is the thing you said about it triggering you mentally to get in the headspace to take part. And uh, the takeaway from that for me is if I can get my warm up routine, whatever it may be, to be really meticulous and clear that that's what I do every time I can. What is the Pavlov dog kind of method of condition myself to prepare my body and mind for what's about to happen next uh, so that once I enter that routine, the rest will follow each time. And I mean, that's essentially what you've experienced through that. But it just makes so much sense. It makes a lot of sense and it just kind of gets yourself like sometimes if you just go out for a normal, easy run, you can be kind of plodding along there mm. and you never really get going because in your mind, you're going for an easy run. So you never want it to feel hard. And sometimes it does feel hard because you think it should be easy <laughs> and you might be a little bit tired and it doesn't feel easy. <laughs> and the other thing that I've often done, and this would definitely be new to, definitely new to you <laughs> and uh, new to, I suppose, many of our listeners, is when you go to do, you know, a session, an interval session, so it's not just your regular hour run, that you actually change your shoes. So you'll warm up in your slow shoes or your normal running shoes. And then you change into shoes that are a little bit faster or in your mind, they're faster. They might be lighter or they might be some of these new shoes that we see around the place these days with the carbon fiber in them. Yeah. 
um, or the carbon plate. And it's amazing the difference that that makes. And what is that? So what, what do you put that down to? I mean, I can totally see why. I mean, it's it's similar to the warm up in that it's telling your body and mind that something new is about to happen, something different. And obviously the, the complete change of state for your feet kind of revives them a bit, right? Yeah, so it's. It, I suppose in a way it's a bit of a practice of going to a race and changing your shoes when you're getting ready for the race. And you do the same thing in training. So then it triggers that little thing in your mind that, okay, we're going to run a bit faster here now. And whether it's the shoes helping you to run faster or it's triggering something in your brain that says, okay, we got to put in a bit of an effort here. Yeah, that I, I mean, I'm sure the shoes must make a difference because they generally are lighter shoes and they would be your race shoes. And if you're on the track, they might be spikes for, you know, really fast runners. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's just, I suppose, something I know if I'm going to the track or to the park with my change of shoes, that even though I'm going to be out there for an hour, only a small part of it is going to be hard. The rest mm. of it is pretty easy and you're just getting ready and then you're getting home. <laughs> yeah. So both of these come under the category of uh, preparation. And I know the uh, checking the weather and putting the, the gear out, the appropriate gear out the night before seems straightforward. But that is kind of what we're looking for here today is the ones that are staring you right in the face. But you haven't actually thought that actually implementing that as part of my routine will make a colossal difference. Because as we know, as we discussed last week, if people missed the motivation episode, having those kind of barriers and those little things that make it just that tiny bit harder can become a stumbling block. Uh, I certainly am in the habit, Sonia, of putting out the gear the night before. I didn't think about the weather, actually. I didn't connect that I am a chronic weather checker. I think most Irish people have a greater appreciation for how changeable the weather is. English people seem to be like, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be that, that kind of a day again, isn't it? It's November. Whereas we're like, oh, Jesus, you don't know what kind of a day you might get. You'd need to bring a jacket. You wouldn't know. You could get caught out very easy. So I definitely put it out. It could change while you're out there. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Is there anything worse with the sun shining down and then suddenly torrential? I've done that for a lot of my life, putting out the stuff for that very reason, though, that I don't know what headspace I'll be getting up in the morning. At least that's one less thing to worry about. So when it comes to the, I guess, the next part of getting up and getting out is the nutrition. Loads of people in touch on the Strava group, strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman running abroad all testifying to their own little performance enhancer being coffee. Now, a couple of people got in touch to say uh, to say that. Greg Barry included, Neil McLaughlin, Jennifer Jones. She actually said honey on crackers and coffee. But a couple of people also got in touch to say that coffee would be a bad one for them. What is your position on coffee versus water before you go out? And do you have anything in particular that you found made a difference for you? Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm 100% on the coffee, definitely. But I would have some water as well. Um, so I like to have the combination. Um, so you're covering all bases. So I'd have that kind of tied in with my routine in the morning as well. Because I have this whole kind of 
you know, I'm not just putting a spoon of coffee in the cup and stirring it. I'm grinding the beans oh, and really? weighing it all out. <laughs> okay. It's a whole process to make the coffee. So, um, yeah, generally I would try and have that kind of ready to go as well um, in the morning. So I'm, I'm a big lemon drinker in the morning as well. So I like to have a squeeze half a lemon and a bit of hot water. And so I drink that while I'm getting making the coffee. And I try to have it at least an hour before I'm going to go out for a run. That's the one problem with having coffee is getting the timing right. Because if you don't get the timing right, then you might have to stop when you're out there. And then you've got to find, you've got to kind of plan your route then. That's exactly what Simon Moore said. He said he would be chronically afraid of having to do a pee or worse 15 minutes later. (laughs) Uh, So you reckon an hour beforehand is the way to go? Yeah, and like you can, and the other thing is you can plan that stop into your run. I know um, Paula Radcliffe; she used to often go for a little bit of a warm-up jog before she would actually go for her run. So she might run around the block, and then she would, you know, take off her jacket, and if you have to go into the toilet quickly, drop in. But just kind of include that in your. I suppose, heading out for a run in the morning. Now, most people probably don't have time to be doing that. Mm. So if there is a, a, I suppose, a public toilet on the way and you're happy to stop there, then you can incorporate that into your run as well. Um, and uh, some bushes where you can hide your jacket and then pick it up again on the way home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so depending on the type of run you're doing or the <laughs> the route that you're taking, <laughs> you can you can plan all these things in. But it just takes working out and figuring out. And Or you might just need to get up 15 minutes earlier. And, um, and I always find that if you do get up, you know, about a good hour before you're heading out for a run, you can be fairly you know, you're, you're, you're ready to go then. And you've woken yourself up and, you know, you're not kind of falling out of bed and straight out the door. Mm. And I have done that as well, amazingly. And, you know, it's no problem to do it. But I think in your mind, you kind of think, oh, no, I've got to get up and I've got to take my time and I've got to wake up and I've got to have my coffee. But at the same time, I know I can just roll out of bed and go for a run. It just means if you do that, that you have to start a little bit slower. But I think no matter what, you know, whether I'm going out quickly or I've got the time to stop and have a coffee and maybe I wouldn't have a bit of toast, but I might have a little bit of dried cereal, you know, just to have something to eat before heading out. Then no matter what, I would always have a glass of water. I just feel like you need to have, you know, something going through you before you, you know, head out. And then you're, I suppose, less you you feel like you're topping up on the hydration as well before you go out. Well, this is all uh, this is all massively helpful. And of course, I'm going to post a more thorough review of everything that gets detailed here because it is kind of suggestion week, as I said, on Irishman Abroad with the selection box starting this week. Tom Dunn, like, I mean, the man has the most velvety tones I've ever heard. I just sat down with Tom 40 minutes of the, uh, last week to record this music section of the recommendation box. And that's why I bring this next bit up. But Tom, I have to give a big shout out to Tom, who I believe also does his, his bit of running. It brought me back to that time when you would listen to Tom late at night 
recommending the music on Pet Sounds. And I don't know if that's a good Tom Dunn impression, but it, it did feel like a mug of cocoa. He gave me some incredible music recommendations. And music, again, was the second most common performance enhancer among the Strava group members of Irishman Running Abroad. Nearly everyone said, get me tunes pumping. And it made me think, well, what are Sonia's tunes? This should definitely be a part of the Irishman Running Abroad each week. And Brian Connolly, my producer, agreed that we should play out on a banger each week. Sonia, I, first of all, my, my question would be, what were the bangers back in the day, like back at the World Championships? I don't imagine you were listening to C'est La Vie. Uh, you mentioned to me a while ago <laughs> that you were a big Cranberries fan. Do you remember what songs you were listening to around those those times in the 90s? Wow, in the 90s. Um, well, I definitely didn't listen to music, you know, when I was running. Okay. I, I, I didn't, no, I didn't run with, I listened to music, you know, when I got up in the morning at home and I always had some decent speakers and I used to play it nice and loud. Mm. But one of the, it would be an interesting one for you now, that I used to listen to while I was having my coffee and stretching and getting ready to go out was things like Enya, no if you can imagine that. <laughs> Orinoco flow. <laughs> but I tell you, if you put on Enya and you turn it up really loud, it kind of goes through you. And yeah. I don't know, it used to get me flowing, I suppose, and yeah, ready yeah, to yeah. go. I hear you. Yeah, there is a vibration to it or something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And maybe... I, re- I can clearly remember listening to this when I was living in Teddington in, in London, just outside London. And, you know, in the morning and particularly in the wintertime, I was there by myself. And maybe it was the Irish connection as well, you know, and it was a lot of it can be very, you know, you get the Irish tunes in it. And Clannad would be another one I would have played quite loud. Exactly. And I don't know if it was just keeping that Irish connection mm. while being away. And mm. I was kind of in, insisting on playing this music. But it, there was no words, you see, in a lot of it. Mm. A lot of it was just the music. And it was just, a, I suppose, maybe it was nearly a meditation kind of thing that I used to do in the mornings without thinking about it. Um, but, you know, for generally the music we would hear in the stadiums would have been whatever you know, was popular at the time. So, so w- uh, that's interesting that you would you'd still. I know that it'd be blasting you know, the speakers in the stadiums that uh, you'd still hear it. I mean, people do talk about the whiteout. I remember the various boxers, Andy Lee, saying that like it was just a cauldron of noise in there. Some sometimes you just you just were hearing like a, a TV that wasn't tuned in. You could hear the the music that was being played in the stadium. Before uh, not gun. when you're not when you're running the race. This would kind of be between the races or when you're in the stands, you know. So it would be music was definitely something that I suppose it got the energy up and it got the buzz going and it took away the nerves. I think is mm. what the music does a lot of the time, and and that's probably why you often see now if you look at athletes and they go out to the warm up area and they're all warming up and they all have these big, you know, over the year headphones on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, bopping around in their warm up, listening to whatever they're listening to. But yeah, no, it definitely wasn't something that I wanted to have, I suppose, that close into me. And even now, if I am out running, I generally listen to podcasts, but I'll often at the end of my run, maybe throw on a bit of music 
but it's normally something random. So today, while I was looking up a few songs that I, you know, that if they come on when I'm out running and they really get you going, I was throwing together a bit of a running playlist that I'm going to give it a try this week, I think, and see how I go. But I generally think I just like it the last 10 to 15 minutes of my run rather than the whole run, because I think it can throw you a little bit. Mm. At the start, especially, you know, you can. it's hard to fall into the rhythm when the songs keep changing. But if you have a few upbeat ones at the end when you're getting a little bit tired, then they can really get you home on a high and you feel like you're bouncing off the ground. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm going to share this uh, playlist that you sent me in the Strava group and on the Patreon page. I know everybody's not necessarily up for Strava. They don't want to share their information that way. That's perfectly fine. Uh, but it'll also be in the Patreon post reviewing this episode. And a few few bangers in there is right, Sonia. I know what you mean. I mean, when I ran that jigsaw first 5k which seems like an eternity ago it was only october i remember there was one song in particular gavin james hearts on fire that lit me up for the final kilometer and it is extraordinary like i i completely hear you that it does it does have an, a power to lift you when you feel like there's nothing left in the tank. Keep the suggestions coming in over on uh, Strava there and we'll share this this playlist. A few a few I wasn't expecting. You'll have to join the group to, to find out Sonia's playlist or become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. You can get access to all of our episodes, hundreds of episodes, including the original interview that I did with Sonia all those years ago. I can remember that well, Sonia. I remember Sophie making the cookies in the background while we were having the <laughs> chat. I want to push on, though, to um, the more uh, inside the game, right? So inside the training, uh, you mentioned the preparation and the, the warm up side of things. I, I can tell you from my perspective and from what I'm hearing back from our members is that this uh, threshold run or these hills uh, sessions that you've uh, suggested to us, these are appearing more and more in the comments as game changers for our members. I even saw it on iTunes in a review that our podcast, a guy had said, had made him a faster runner, which made me so happy. I really was so delighted to hear that. In such a short time. In such a short time. Yeah. Inside the game and inside the training itself. That's my my experience is the hills and those threshold runs have changed things for me and made me into a runner I never thought I could be. What on that side of things would you suggest as being kind of a a kind of universal, this will help you an awful lot? I think writing things down, writing down what you're going to do and then writing down what you've actually done. So you have like the, it's like the shopping list of mm. things that you need to do this week. Right. So you have it in your, in your mind, what you're going to do, where you're going to do it. And then you actually go and do it and you can compare what you think you were going to do with what you actually do. And it, it doesn't mean that you have to go out there and beat the times or beat, beat, beat the prescription, I suppose. But to just kind of confirm with yourself that mm. I think by physically writing something down, 
like what you're going if you're going to do a threshold run and how you're going to break it up because that's the key thing is to break it up and you know we started off with one minutes and then two minutes and three minutes and you know then you get up to doing kilometers at threshold and you're getting closer then to the actual distance that you want to cover if it's a 5k mm. or a 10k so you can see yourself gradually increasing the, the distance and the speed that you well you're maintaining the speed but the, you feel better doing it each week definitely um, as your as your general fitness improves and you feel like you're in control of it so so this is outside of of strava though just, just before you go on there just so this is not like some people go well i do write it down i i put it all on on strava or in my in my whatever recording app they have but you reckon that there's actually a specific benefit in committing ink to paper and actually tracing it out with your hand and having a box to tick manually uh, you think there's an actual benefit in that specifically? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I always write everything down. Like you often see if you ever ask me anything, I'll write it down and then I'll take a picture of it and send it to you. Yes. Because it, 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 I don't know, it, it, I feel more connected with it, I think, when I write it than if I'm typing it. And, you know, so even if I was to retype something I've written, it goes into me and I remember it much greater when I write it down. Then when I type it into my phone or, you know, because I always find with phones and screens, you're always looking for stuff. You can't find it. Whereas if you have it written in a notebook, <laughs> yeah. you're still looking for it. So but true. When you go when you're going through the notebook, you actually come across these other little things that you've written down. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So a training <laughs> and, notebook and, and, would be the th would be the tip in a nutshell. A training notebook oh, to yeah. write it all down. Or a, di a diary. You call it, I mean, a training diary is good. But a notebook is, you know, that's equally as good. But if you want to keep a good record of it that you can easily look back on it and see how far you've come, then a diary is a very ordered way to do it. And, you know, we're coming up to the end of the year now. So this could be the time for, you know, to bring back the diary yeah, and yeah. Uh, handwritten, handwritten. And it doesn't have to be a specific running diary. I used to like down through the years, I've always gone through looking for a nice diary you know something that I mm. it's like you know the first day back at school and you write things all nice and neat and yeah. <laughs> you're very organized and then a few weeks in and you find you've got to go back and remember what you did because you've forgotten to write it in mm. <laughs> and that's where Strava that's where Strava is really useful because yeah, you yeah. can scroll through and uh, re recall what you've done. Big friend of the podcast is Enda McNulty, who people will know as the sports psychologist for the Irish rugby team and many more. And uh, he's an incredible motivational speaker. And his uh, McNulty performance company is just an astonishing creation. And some of his tips over the years to me and uh, the people that I've talked to on the show are astonishing at how simple and the impact they have. But the running diary or the training diary is one that came up time and time again with the rugby players, including Brian O'Driscoll. And he said that it was that part of the benefit of the actual book itself was to be able to close it, that you once you finished his session and I'm not saying that everybody does this after they go out in their evening for the run they've enough to be doing but he said that you write down afterwards how you think it went what you'd like to improve where you're going and where you are in the arc of that trajectory and that it was actually the action of then closing it and going right I'm with my family now 
and I'll commit the time to that uh, when I open that book again. That that in itself, no more than changing the shoes, was psychologically uh, good for him. I want to throw, I want to throw, because I know that you've got one more on your list there that you sent me, and that was drink. Now, I don't imagine that it's Father <laughs> Jack. Drink. drink. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking when you said that. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> you have to roll the R. <laughs> um, I want to throw one at you here that in my half-assed internet research for preparation for this show, breathing came up as a marginal gain, tip, trick, cheat code or whatever you want to call it that hundreds of these running magazines and blogs went to. And that was take the focus to your breathing. I've actually received emails about this uh, that people are saying, well, how, how should I be breathing? I don't I don't know how I don't No one ever even thinks about breathing. In fact, when I'm trying to get Mikey to go to sleep when he's too hyped up, I tell him to take his attention to his breathing and notice how he's not asking his body to breathe. It's doing it for him. And in So in a lot of times that does work in getting them to sleep. But in terms of running, (laughs) I am am at a bit of a loss as to, well, what am I meant to be doing? It feels like my breathing is just doing whatever the feck it feels like. But the the one that uh, that is one of the tips that keeps coming up. So maybe you could make sense of it. Like, what are we meant to be doing out there in terms of our breath? Well, the breathing, it has to be controlled. And that's the big thing that you get when you do different paces and like threshold runs are they're like the key to getting your breathing right because what they do is they allow you to run at a a higher effort but it's not too high that your breathing gets out of control and as long as you don't run too fast then you'll be able to breathe fairly consistently and it's a bit of a relaxed kind of feeling and I had this feeling myself last week. It was amazing when I was at the track and it was one of those things. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel at the track because I had been a bit up and down a few days before. Mm. But it's like I kind of was in sync with everything. I was my running and my breathing. Everything just came together. And then I knew I was operating at the right pace. And I think if your breathing is very erratic and it's you feel like you're huffing and puffing, you know, that it's hard work, then you're most likely going too fast. Gotcha. And you have to somehow manage that. And so I think you have to train yourself to get good at breathing at a slow pace and then get better at breathing at as you gradually increase the pace. Now, when you run in a race or you really push yourself, then of course you're going to get to the point where you're going to be totally out of breath and you're going to come across the finish line and fall down and collapse and you know <laughs> totally out of breath but that's fine that's one big effort or you mm. know if you do a big effort like that in training but in general to get better at running you do have to control your breathing and it can be difficult sometimes like if you meet up with a friend to go for a run and they're running a little bit harder than you've planned to go and it can take you a while to kind of get in kind of sync with them and your breathing and so you're trying to slow them down and you're trying to speed yourself up so that you can you know work together rather than one of you I suppose putting pressure on the other and then because when you get put pressure on then you can get a bit stressed Mm. and then when you get stressed then your breathing definitely can catch you out and 
I, 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 I know the exact feeling that it is and I don't like it when it's a bit like sometimes even if you try to do something that you're not ready for and it could be for any number of reasons you could be tired you might not be fit enough to go that pace but like when you set your goals too high and you try to do something that you're not ready for so in the first few minutes you just overreach and mm. it's kind of like a panic effect nearly that you're you're nearly hyperventilating mm-hmm. and then at that point you just got to say I can't do this I've got to walk away and come back tomorrow because you've just stressed yourself and then your breathing just takes over and yeah, there's no point in doing it because you can't, you're not relaxed. Nothing is relaxed. When your breathing is stressed, then all your muscles and everything becomes your mind mentally, you become, you're just out of control, I suppose, you know, in a kind of a general way. And it's a bit like, I don't know if you've ever ran in to the sea and started swimming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if the water is cold, it just takes your breath away and you can't swim because all of a sudden you're like, you've got this brain freeze. And it's the exact, it's the same thing. You can get yourself in a bit of a state in running and then you have to, you have to either stop and start again or you have to stop and walk away. Or you have to slow down and get yourself back in control of your breathing so that you can get in control of what you're trying to do. Well, look, if, if people walk away with nothing from today's episode, what you've articulated there, Sonia, I don't think I've heard articulated in that way before. That idea that it's a conversation between your lungs and the effort that you're putting in. I hadn't actually connected the two dots in in that way that if you're feeling like your breath is is beyond your control, you're going too fast. Simple as that. I love the idea of walking away. I don't know why, but I just love the idea that like that's an option. And I'd never actually thought that like you can balls up a run like you can actually make a hames of it and have to go, look, you did this all wrong walk home give it another go tomorrow and learn from the mistakes today that like that's great like that is that is why i love this podcast and i love having these chats there's so much more to this area that we're going to need to do a second episode we're basically out of time on it for this week. We would love to get your suggestions. Irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com is always the way to contact me. Uh, I will attempt to reply as quick as I can, although things are pretty frantic at the moment. I will get back to you eventually. I've mentioned the Strava group before, strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishmanabroad. And of course, over on Patreon for the price of less than, I think it's less than $5 a month now, get access to absolutely everything, including our online comedy clubs, the back catalogue spin-off series. And uh, we've even launched a little gift level there. So you can actually, if you're into Irishman Abroad and you go, I know somebody else that would like this, you can gift them this Christmas a year's membership of the podcast for I think it's $50 for the year. So there's a bit of a discount going at the moment and they'll even get the Irishman Abroad pin and t-shirt. I think I gave you a t-shirt back in the day, didn't I, Sonia? I need to give you a new one. That one must um, be 
must be I don't know if I, long do, lost. I don't know if I have a t-shirt now if well, I have it's uh, <laughs> I might come across it here when I'm uh, <laughs> hiking up my house well I'll ping I'll ping another one off to you now we've got them here and also hairybaby.com have a version of the t-shirt it's not quite the one that I uh, that I send out here but Harry Baby do them as well uh, they also do a, a little uh, canvas bag as well but what what fun and what a pleasure uh, Sonia thanks so much for taking the time to do this and of course we will return to this because I just think this is a vast vast area I've got the topic open there in the Strava group if you want to add anything else that's it for this week Sonia we'll we'll get our event organised and recognised for event number three once we get we our will, suggestions um, in yeah I have I actually have an event for for Christmas but oh. we'll we'll do one before then as well I think yeah absolutely I have a nice, Christmas day is on a Friday and um you know, most people like to get out and do something. Um, but I think maybe we could consider the goal mile, which would okay. be a nice distance for um, for everyone. It's not too far and you can include it in your run. It might be a good one. We can have a chat about that next week and hopefully we'll get some suggestions for the next few weeks. Um, I know I'm going to do a 10K on the 13th of December. I saw that. Yeah. Yes. Are you excited? Um, I've been thrown in. I've been thrown in with some fast runners, but um, I'm hoping they might give me a 10 minute head start, you know. So did I. <laughs> well, I want to give a very quick. I have the, fast, I have the fastest PB, I think, but uh, yeah, it's a, the legs don't go that fast anymore. <laughs> I bet they will. I bet they will. I mean, you're enjoying the beautiful weather over here. We're in the depths of winter, uh, but it's still blue sky. We're getting a very nice November here uh, just outside London. I want to give a quick shout out to Edward Carroll and Kieran O'Byrne, who both got in touch, Sonia, to offer their help with my back. Both lads are either connected to or are chiropractors themselves uh, or with back experience. And I like just like the generosity of that to reach out. I can tell you now, even if you had been worried about it, I doubt you have, that uh, the back has fixed up extremely well. And as Sonia said, I probably was being a little bit dramatic. <laughs> it seems like I just sprained it a little bit. There is a little bit of pain there. But as you said, Sonia, the important thing was to keep moving. Uh, that's what both Kieran and Edward said. Keep moving and then give it a little bit of ice afterwards. If you're having a back problem or you're having any sort of issues like that, obviously consult a specialist such as Edward Carroll and Kieran O'Brien, two very sound listeners or sound men of the week on the show. But uh, Sonia, we, I want to give a, a thank you to Brian Conley for his production, John Marr for his extra research, Finton Wall for his design, Adrian Regan and Brian Burner, incredible supporters of this show as well. Uh, and Simon Egan, actually, another big supporter of the show, Sonia, said that he's been trying your after run drink, you know, this drink that you mentioned, what was it? Water, salt, honey. Mixed. Oh, lemon juice and Le yeah. um, maple syrup. Yeah. Oh, now, yes. Yeah, that's a good said, one. I'll be, doing, I'll be on that soon now when it gets heating up down here. Well, he said this is a miracle. Like if we end on one uh, recommendation, he said that you, that you threw this out as a throwaway little recovery drink. But he said when he drinks it, he can feel it going into his eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing he's ever tasted to recover after after a run. So let's yep. get to the drink, Sonia. What what do you mean by drink? Uh, now that we know that it's not the Father Jack style. 
<laughs> well, it can be a bit of a session <laughs> having a drink. Um, you know, generally you'd have a drink before. You might have some electrolytes, which is a light bit of um, salt and sugar in, you know, just to help you to be hydrated. Um, and then during the session, you could still have the same bottle of uh, electrolyte there. Um, if you're doing a session, you know, and you'd bring your bottle with you, if you're out for your normal run, then you don't really need to bring mm. a drink with you. You and see then, people doing that, though, don't you? You see an awful lot of people carrying the little handy drinks that are in the shape of, a, see, you, you know, an O but like, in their Like hand. grenades around, like a belt, with like they look like grenades. Yeah, or the one that's like <laughs> a little kind of a, a flotation device that could, they could nearly put up their arm, oh. like an armband. Uh, oh, right, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, most people, they're... They're not running far enough to need those drinks. Like you'd need to be doing ultra stuff. That's what to I be thought. Carrying your, to be carrying your drink with you. Yeah, you can actually, I've seen these ones that you put your hand through as well. It's like a, like a mini dumbbell, I suppose. Mm. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, I have. And I could only think that it's just a massive pain in the arse to have to carry the drink the whole time. Oh, yeah, it is. Because the thing is, once you drink some, then it's kind of sloshing up and down as well, you know, mm. so it's not like you're carrying a steady weight or anything. But I would think for most people, you know, if you have a drink before you head out um, and then when you come back in as well to have a, a drink prepared, you know, sometimes you can be, to, I suppose, to fend off the hunger. And while you're having a shower and getting yourself changed and dressed, if you have a drink, it just kind of gets a bit of fuel into you mm. and, um, and have that there's, ready there's to go before you get if back. you have it ready to go when you come in and that would be some kind of a protein and carbohydrate drink like you don't even have to make it up to full strength just have something to kind of give you a little bit of a top up of the fuel and you know after you've done especially if you've done a long run or a hard session that's really good to help you to recover and to be ready for the next run so there's one final 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 recommendation and let's play out Sonia on your choice of song this week next week it'll be my choice you choose this week because you sent me such brilliant suggestions here what song do you think people will enjoy um, I think we'll go with um, Coldplay I used to rule the world oh okay this is a big a big horizon song whether you're here a fan go. or Coldplay or not they are a great band to run to so this is I used to rule the world from Coldplay thanks again Sonia we'll see you next week okay chat to you next week take care bye i